Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Crick Index Ashes podcast. I'm your host, Amit Kohli, and joining me again are Messrs. Dan Kennis, Dan Rhodes, and Samir Kosla. Uh, Dan Kennis, let's come to you first. Ashes are back in England, complete and utter domination of Australia. Must be a good feeling, 60 all out and all that. Oh, it's, 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 it's incredible. Um, it's just to, to think about how far we've come. Um, from the five nil, and you know, I was thinking about all the times I was listening to listening to Test Match Special in the middle of the night, and you know, seeing another yet another England collapse, and sort of, you know, and um, getting bullied by Mitchell Johnson, and and then to come back here and um, when and when hardly anyone really gave us a chance of, you know, uh, Aussies were such red hot favourites before the series started, and to be honest. Um, Apart from the one match at Lords, which was on a you know horribly flat wicket, we, we've just absolutely blown them away. Um, they've been th- they haven't just been three defeats; they've been three absolute hidings. Um, you know, the whole actually all four games have been hidings. There hasn't been a remotely close match. It's been quite bizarre. I don't think I've ever known a series like it. But um, it's, it's just something around. You know, we've now got we've got a formula for, for beating the Aussies, or maybe the maybe maybe more to the point that the Aussies haven't got a formula for winning in England and. It's, they've only won three of the last 19 tests in England. You know, it's, it's bonkers, really. Um, but it's fantastic performance. So many, so many great performances throughout the uh, throughout the squad. It's incredible. Fantastic. And Rosie, let's bring you in. Uh, I mean, this is one way to stop the win-loss, win-loss sequence. It, it, I don't think it gets any better than that as a test match. I don't think I'll see one that uh, would have shocked me more than that one. Uh, 18 overs, 18.3 overs the Australians batted in the first innings having won the toss and batted first. It's just absolutely extraordinary. Not, not only that, but every single ball was nicking the edge. And then it was going to a, a, a fielder and the catchers. The catch by Stokes. It shouldn't have caught it. Cook took a beauty. Every single catch was, was held. And then you've got Joe Root batting more balls, a lot more balls, than the whole Australian order put together. Even Bairstow got close. 
And the only other one in the match was Voges. And who would have expected that after the first innings? So it was just the strangest. Ben Stokes is Ian Botham, like swinging both ways, going at 1.7 and over. It, we Everything that happened, you probably wouldn't have predicted, apart from Stuart Broad leading the attack in the first innings. But not to the extent... He says there's, those are the best figures he's ever had. He had seven for 12 or something in junior cricket. It's yeah, in an under, he said he had in an, in an under-15 game, not somewhere. Yeah, that's what it was. It was. I know. It was like, it was Imagine like one that of on your home ground in the after yeah. to win the Ashes. It, uh, it, was, it was like one of those games we've all played in when we were teenagers, <laughs> and the opposition had a really good bowler, and he took like eight for ten. <laughs> so now, let's bring you in quickly because I know you're aching to get in here. Um, could you believe at one point Australia were there on like thirty-three for seven, and you know half an hour late to the ground, and you missed it all. He did, and uh, my brother-in-law was at the match and he missed the first four wickets. What a shame for him. But I do think we need to make a, a special mention for Australia's 12th man, uh, Mr Extras. Um, 14 out of 60 runs. Good selection, know, good, good selection. Really good selection there, and I think it'll, it'll be getting picked again. Um, and uh, we're stalwart of that Australia side going forward because they look poor. They look really poor. I mean, Stuart Broad has written his own script there. 300th wicket, home ground. Against the Aussies, win the Ashes. What more can you want? Um, I thought it was just a fabulous, fabulous all-round performance, um, and the momentum from Edge Baston just shifted over to to Trent Bridge. And you know, another thing with the, the fabulous, fabulous confidence in the field, and you can see that in the slip, slip catching. Ben Stokes, you know, his his reach for that for that catch um, for I think it was Volges, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, England on a real high here. And, you know, I just want to, I really wish to see them just kick on from here and, and go overseas and, 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 you know, and actually win a couple of series or, or, abroad and really make their way up the um, ICC rankings. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth, are we, are we getting ahead of ourselves? I mean, it's a very developing England side. So, Mm. As, as much as they've shown but um, that was probably why England weren't really favourites because it was a young team haven't played that much together uh, and you just thought maybe the Australians have got too much but you know the next Ashes series there'll be something but this has taken everybody by surprise well if you look at it like, like, the, only, the only one of this team who's retiring anytime soon is Jimmy Anderson I mean Jimmy's probably got depending on injuries up to 18 months left as a test bowler I mean, he's, he, he, he's such a fantastic physical specimen. He, he's been blessed with not getting injured his whole career because he, he's always been in such great shape. But the others, you know, you look at the age of the bowling attack there, you know, Finn, uh, Stokes, uh, and then, you know, Root. Um, there's young there's young players, and Bairstow, if he stays in the team, there's young players throughout that lineup, and um, Butler even as well. So um, <clears throat> this team is only going to be, this team is only going to get better. Uh, obviously Anderson will leave a, a big hole but if Woods I think Woods is a definite test, bona fide test bowler he just needs to be a bit more consistent and and, and I think Stokes is a bona fide test all-rounder uh, which is fantastic uh, which is, and it's absolutely priceless the only thing the team needs is a spinner because um, we're not going to win many uh, series um, on the subcontinent um, with Moeen Ali as, as the only spin option so that, that that's one area of um, concern for the future but on, on the other flip side um to be honest, this Aussie team was was always um, quite old, um, and it was the last tour, going to be the last tour for many of the players. And if you because if you look at the age of the people like Haddin uh, and um, oh, the, the quick bowler who got injured, um, Harris, Watson, 
you know, as well as um, as well as the skipper, there was going to be a lot of players. Uh, Rogers, there was going to be a lot of players coming towards the end of their uh, careers. And you know, just ask. Remember when England were really good? You know, oh oh eight to 2011-12. and then he got to the stage where the team sort of went all together, and it get, went down. <clears throat> it reached a peak, and then it went that very quickly downhill once it got over the peak down the other side. And I think you know the same thing could happen to this Australia team because they're going to have to. Um, fill at least two spots in their top six in the next test match they play and who the hell are they going to get to fill those spots it's uh, yeah so yeah it's it, it, England are definitely on the England are on the way up and the Aussies are going to go through they're not going to hit the heights again I think for a while and um, they're going to have to go through a period of transition yeah Rhodes I was going to say the, the England team with the ages of them and, and where they are in their test playing careers uh, a lot of them you feel will, will grow together there's that bunch of players that uh, you know Stokes Moen Ali uh, Joe Root, Bear Stoke, stays in Mark Wood. They'll all they'll all grow together as a team, and you can imagine that if these guys stay together for long enough, they'll be quite a formidable force, especially uh, in home conditions. Absolutely, they will be, and a lot of credit has been given and should be given to Peter Moses, who seems to be a brilliant developer of young cricketers, um, but a terrible uh, national team coach. So he. Look, just look at the just look at the ages. Root and Best, like you've just been talking about, Stokes, Butler, Ali's quite young. Finn is quite young for fastball and could have another five six years. And then the people in the background. And it, the only concern for me, and and I'll say it now, I don't think we've got a chance against Pakistan and UAE. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> so let's not get his hopes up to win that one. But I think the. Because this, this test series has been all about domination in each test match. It's been pretty poor as a spectacle for um, close games like the 2005 series. There hasn't been any contest whatsoever in any of the games. It's just the first day started and then you know it's going to win. But it's been brilliant, the fact that England have won three of them. If you go to <laughs> the South Africa series, I think the condition you could see a cracking contest between two quality cricketing sides who will have conditions that that seem to favour the strengths and weakness, the strengths of both the sides. Um, so when that happens, you tend to get a cracking contest. And it, I'm just mouth-watering waiting for that one now. We just need to win 4-1 first. I'm not, I'm not, not, Dan, I'm not as down as you on the UAE, though, I have to say, because th- this time there's no Ajmal. So, well, there no. is going to be. An, I think, actually, there might, there might be an Ajmal, but it's not going to be the same that. Ajmal. <laughs> just for psychological But haven't they got three or four spinners that are quality? So. Yeah, but they're not, they haven't got anybody of what. Ashbell just made the made a Mickey out of our whole platin lineup last time we went there, didn't he? Yep. Chucker. He, I think he <laughs> took But he was getting his wickets at about 10 apiece, wasn't he? You know, it was, he just absolutely blitzed not, us. Not so. even that much. <laughs> I, 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 Look, yeah. Pakistan, as, the, as, as Pakistan are the most unpredictable team in Test cricket, they could easily just decide to go to the local village one day and just. Pick a spinner, and he'll come and bowl us out. Well, they've, <laughs> you know, they've, they've, played, eight, they've, played, eight, they've played eight series and won eight series, so it's, what chance have we got? Everyone, everyone loses it. So, me, what do you think? Are, are we are we bigging England up too much? Was it really that the Australians just couldn't cope with the pressure, couldn't bully a team the way they're used to doing, and, and succumb to the skips and swinging, swinging ball? I think it's a bit of both. Um, yes, uh, the the Aussies fail to turn up or the Aussies that we, we recognise from Australia fail to turn up uh, but you've got to give credit to to all the England players to from Trevor Bayliss and special mention to Otis Gibson as well for really getting the best out of the bowlers um, you know, uh, 
you know, why not? This we're in the middle of the summer. We've been dreading this 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 series, and we've had a really present surprise all throughout the summer. It's just got better and better. We should ride ride on the wave of it, and it's you know, what, what, let's take this to to UAE. I mean, I agree, we shouldn't go there with expectation um, of of winning, but certainly if we can take this momentum and certainly into the next test, um, there's no reason why we can't at least maintain our intent um, rather than go back into our shells and wonder what if. Um, so, man, what's really... the agenda again? It's uh, UAE, Pakistan, and then what happens? Uh, I think it's South Africa. Uh, December, January, Africa. South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. So, that, that I mean, that's the real test. That's that, I mean, yeah. Four South, tests against South Africa, isn't it? I think. That, that, that's one. I mean, obviously, there's, Pakistan's going to be going to be very, very difficult. Um, is that a three? But, is that a three test series? Anybody know? Just it is. To, yeah, it is. It, yeah. In Pakistan, in the UAE, is it three tests? Yeah. Oh, that should be really interesting. England got, should should go there full of confidence. We are definitely a spinner light for that series, um, and I would like to see um, on at the Oval uh, Adil Rashid being given a game, given that it turns uh, with a look ahead with the seat with this series wrapped up. Um, you know, at Rashid seems the most likely option um, to come in as a second spinner. But let's see what the wicket holds for us. Well, let's just uh, let's explore that slightly. Uh, Dan, can it, uh, if we were to bring Rashid in, uh, where would he slot in? Who would go? What would be the logical change? Um, <clears throat> I'm assuming that you're keeping Moeen as the second spinner then, um, which means okay, it, would yeah, be, yeah. it would be one, uh, and you're keeping Stokes because he's an all-rounder, so it would just be one of the three quicks, probably Finn. Drop out. It'd be, I think it'd be between Wood yeah. and Finn. Um, yeah, I, I can't see them doing it though. Can you? Well, I think you're right. They think they, sh- they should be looking ahead slightly um, because that is the you know the next match we play in October is, is the next test we play is going to be in the UAE. So they, they've got to, maybe they've got to give. Would they really want that to be Rashid's debut? You know, oh. Rashid's got. Well, it's, there's I no mean, pressure there's no, though anyway. No? no pressure, is it? Drop live, mm. Ali open, Rashid eight. Ooh, You've been saying this for a while, Rose. You want Ali to open? Well, I, I just want Rashid to play as well. It's, it'd be good to see a spin contest, and then a decent spin balling for ages. What do we all think then? Let's just go with the. And now that you mentioned live, um, you can't score. You can't score a run. It seems, but he did get a good one. I've got to say, his delivery. You know, it wasn't a fishing outside off stump type of thing. It, he got a legitimate delivery to get him out. Um, what, what do you think? Samir, let's start with you. Uh, Adam Live, play him anyway. No need to mess about. Yeah, I mean, I've made my feelings clear um, this before the last test that I think he should be given the same chance as what the others were given and in the summer. I actually don't think he's done enough. Um, we mentioned it last time that there's no one really knocking on the door um, to, 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 to take that position. Is it, Dan's, Dan Rhodes has made a good point about Ali and he, he could open. I don't think that's the way that, that, that England would want to go, having their front-line spinner um, open open the batting, and it might make a mockery of their strategy Rashid of developing... Rashid develop. would be a front-line spinner, though, wouldn't they? Well, the, the, the view that you seem to get from Andrew Strauss and, and Arista Cook is that they're trying to develop Moeen Ali into, into the front-line spinner, hence him batting down at number eight and not higher up the order where he could quite easily slot in. Um, and there's, I mean, I think there's, that was a conscious effort to say, right, well, we, we're, ba- he's our horse that we're backing. 
and he's the one that we're, we're going to back. So I can't see them saying, right, we're backing him as a number one spinner. Okay, when we play two spinners, he might not be a number one spinner and we'll make it open with him. I can't see them do that. Uh, but they might surprise me. As, uh, otherwise, I mean, you got for the next test, live stays, I think, for me, um, uh, just because it's what England do, just to remain consistent um, and give him another chance to, to prove it in what you, what you would say is uh, a, a stress-free, pressure-free environment um, at the Oval, which I think would be more of a carnival. Yeah, I don't, at this stage, I, I don't really want to see uh, Adam Lyde in South Africa. I don't think that's going to win prettily at all. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know what the succession plan is. And I, I, at the same time, I, while I wouldn't mind seeing Moeen Ali open in the UAE, I think that might be okay. Uh, at the same time, I wouldn't want to see Moeen Ali opening in South Africa either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, I was going to say exactly the same thing. I mean, suspect, suspect to the short ball. And then yeah. when you've got Only Dale Stane and yeah. company, uh, that's going to be not pretty to watch. Uh, no. But, but, but this is the thing, see, now let's just say Lyth plays at the Oval, gets a couple of scratchy scores, and then you're thinking, okay, do you drop him and then have a debutant coming in for the UAE? That seems a bit, you know, then, then they'll be under the same pressures that Lyth was in this series, perhaps. Um, it, it's a difficult position that the opening, that they've got themselves into, really. I don't understand what, what they can do apart from just stick with Lyth and pray that he gets a 50 or something. Well, I think we t- we talked about the England top order all, all, all series, and and it's still an issue. Um, and it, the thing is, the damning thing for the Aussies is they haven't been able to get us in a position where they can exploit our weaknesses of, of that top order because they just haven't got the runs on the board themselves. So um, England have had a top order issue, and it's still there. So, um, and I, th- I still think that you know, apart from Cook and Root. I think the rest of the top five is still flaky as well. So I think Bell's okay. Um, but, you know, you've got two spots in that top five and you're thinking, hmm, it's not great, is it? That's right. So, um, Ian Bell, a lot of criticism at the beginning of this series and then from Edgebaston, he's done okay. Uh, Dan Rhodes, do you like Ian Bell at number three? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've made my feelings clear on Ian Bell. I think Dan Kerritt's harsh school of uh, evaluation <laughs> for Bairstow's innings he scored more than the whole Australian team. I know he was. He had a good, he had a good innings. Oh, he, I guess say he's a little bit. He's still a little bit raw. Um, uh, you know, I think he, has he got the potential to adapt to Test cricket? Maybe. Um, could he be? The, or would he just he be the next? He, Owen, yeah. Or would he just be the next Owen Morgan? You know, and not really ever make it as a Test player. It's, one, it's, it's one team. Changed his technique. Though. Totally players changed Dan it. Kenny, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, personally, I'd like to see if another the next Paul, the, the, no, the next Paul Collingwood there somewhere at five and a nuggety. I think we need a nuggety five somewhere that's from somewhere. James, to... That's James Taylor, isn't he? Isn't he uh, that kind of player is quite defensive, quite can can slug it out. That's what he's. Yeah, we need somebody it. very mentally he's tall, flinty. You know, you know, gets you can really graft for some runs and and at the and at the because um, we've always got one at the top of the order with Cook, and then we need some way. You know, a bit of ballast for all the stroke players around them somewhere at that five. So I don't know who that is. So, me, you mentioned uh, James Taylor there as well. Uh, I like James Taylor personally, and I think that he's got the ability to put the foot on the gas when needs be, but he's also got the technique to knock it around if needs be. What do you think? Yeah, yeah no, he's. I, I think he was harshly dropped um, after his last knock for England, but he's one that's really, I don't think he's really convinced the selectors. Um, and I mean, he was very highly touted when he was at, at Leicestershire and they asked him, I think there was a lot of pressure on him to leave Leicestershire 
to go to a Division One team in Notts a couple of years ago, and it, you know, he was playing at a better level, um, and his game got better, but he didn't really get picked picked up for England straight away. And I don't know, and this happens with some batsmen whether they've been knocking around too long in the um, in the Championship that they they find a step up a little bit too much. Um, you know, we saw that with Carberry, you know, being picked at the end of his career. And so I don't want Taylor to play too too much longer in 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 that championship. He's got it now's the time for him. Either now or he's just gonna fall into the habits of the of the championship and play at balls that he should just shouldn't be playing at. Had the great not having a fantastic season. I know he scored a almost a triple century um month, uh, last month against Sussex. Um, but he, other, uh, prior to that, he hadn't really been in, in great form. Um, and subsequently, I think he's got a couple of 50s. If he's going to get his chance, he would have got it now. I mean, it's, it's certainly not in, at the top of the order. Um, and, and that's where the, where the problems lie for England. I think they'll try to get him, Gary Balance back in, hoping he finds his form and comes back into the team. Because he's got all of August and September to try and refine his form. Yorkshire. Balance is certainly the type of player you want. He's, he's an okay Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Player of spin. Um, I do worry about extreme pace, you know, and if, if he's up against the South African quicks, it might be exposed, but I, I still think he's a better bet than... Uh, in that kind of environment and best yeah, I mean, yeah. lives. Yeah. And Taylor, and Taylor's rel- again, he's relatively improving. You, I wouldn't want to really want to throw in Taylor against South Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's, one, it's one for the experienced players, I think, South Africa. Jan Razor, I was going to ask you and the others afterwards, is the Pakistan series considered the stepping stone to the, the bigger series against South Africa? Or is the UAE... I hope not. Know, yeah, the, it's, it's possibly the two most difficult tests you could could give us at this stage in time, Pakistan and UAE in uh, South Africa away. So it really is they've got to step up again, possibly, um, because you've got to admit the Australia the way the Australians have played this kind of bowling has been a it's just been it's been the worst version of four touring Australian sides dealing with swing and seam bowling. They've been terrible. Did you see the analysis on Sky was excellent, showing how far they're playing ahead of the ball. And and that's just what you can do in Australia. You don't need to hit 
play it late. Do you see how many times Alistair Cook nicked it in his innings about four times and they just bounce before the slips because he's playing it with soft hands. And Under his eyes, the, yeah. Yeah, and why the Australians have just suddenly thought, oh, I'll hit this in front of me. They just nick it. It's just been terrible. And that has to be something to do with either Lehman or, or the the schism that seems to exist between Clark and the selectors or whatever it is. But they just have no idea how to play it. And, and, that's, just... and that's the disappointment. So South did... Africa know how to play there. And Pakistan are perfect in the UAE. Did, did, did you see Ian Chappell talking about this? Um... Um, on on Crick Info, and he, he was asked about um, whether the Australian side. He was talking about the next generation of Aussie batsmen, basically. He was, the, the conclusion was that there weren't any. Um, and um, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> no, and then and he was basically saying there's, there's this notion that this Aussie team have got great batsmen in it. And I said that's absolutely rubbish because they've got great hitters. They haven't got great batsmen, and that's all they've got is hitters. And you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to pitch, where you can hit through the line of the ball, and the ball doesn't deviate. Hitting is, is good enough. But um, there's, and I think Michael Slater also bemoaned this. They said there's an absence of technique. Yeah, I think and it's old, harsh on, old harsh fashioned on Clark. Um, Batman, Clark. Old fashioned batsmanship. Clark is that, but I think he's lost it because of injury, injury and that. yeah, yeah, age but and I injury. I think Smith is an incredibly intelligent cricketer, but if you stick to the line that we've shown in this series and make him try and dominate the ball and he can't do it when he's outside of stump. People have just been trying to get him out bowled in LBW for too long. Yeah, I mean, the, the Australian uh, weaknesses were were vast in terms of the way they played uh, the moving ball completely and, you know, Clark is now retired, which they're in complete redevelopment. Uh, Samir, I was going to ask you about um, what do you think about Clark and his retirement because that's a big thing that's now happened. He's announced, he's officially announced that the, the, the Oval is going to be his last test match. Um, big boots to fill. I think if you listen back, I think if you listen back to the last, you listen back to the last podcast, I sort of called it that this will be the end for Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's big boots to fill. But he's not been the same player for a little while now. Um, the Australia Australian team have got um, a leadership issue to to fill, uh, and whether whether that's seamless for for Smith, it remains to be seen. Um, but they definitely have um, more probing and more pressing uh, uh, issues in that they have, I think, two or three batsmen um, to replace and and to get experience over a few years will mean that this Australia ta- side will, will probably remain in transition uh, and probably be very mediocre through that transition period. I still um, think they'll be, I thought, I'm I'm still think they'll right, be uh, formidable at, at home. At home, yes. So, uh, uh, but I mean, I, I've had, I've had, I was having a look the other day, and the the A team is uh, was over in in India, uh, um, and I look at all those names, and they've been tried for a few tests um, uh, for Australia, but no one really made it. You know, Kawaja mm. was meant to be the one who was meant to come in and take Ponting's place. Ed Cowan, not, not Cowan. Oh, he opened. I remember he actually got a century against India. I remember that, but no one's really established themselves, and that's that's why they've had to turn to Voges and and Rogers. You know, um, at the pinnacle of their career, at the end of their career, even so, there's not a, a load of talent coming through, um, and y- there might be a lot of T20 and ODI talent, but this is something that the, the Australian team are, are going to have to address um, um, fairly soon. I t- I t- it's one thing that's uh, caught my eye over the last two matches was um, 
uh, and, and we've always talked about this, that the important thing throughout the series was playing cricket in English conditions. Um, was in, the, in in the two matches at Birmingham and um, Nottingham, um, the bowlers took it in turns to, to, to destroy the, the Aussie batting. You had Anderson, then you had Finn, then you had Broad, and then you had Stokes. And all of them did it in a slightly different way. Um, um, I think Stokes in the second innings at, at Nottingham was sensational. I can't recall the last time I saw an England bowler swing the ball that much. It, he, he had it on a string. It was like a boomerang. It was it'd go around corners. Whatever swing bowling cliche you want to throw out there, he was doing it. It was absolute. And, and he's a young kid still, Stokes. For him to get that much movement with the with an old ball and a new ball, he was getting conventional swing with a ball that was sixty overs old on that on that last morning. Cork, it was incri- Cork maybe Defratus, and then both but, of them. But if you, but if you look at the pace of Stokes, oh, he's yeah, an extra yeah, five yeah. mile an hour on oh, those yeah. players because he the the balls. The other thing about Stokes was that we've always considered Stokes as the batting all rounder. And oh. say Flintoff as uh, somebody as the bowling all rounder, but for Stokes to show that kind of promise with the ball, and you know that his batting's pretty sound anyway. And the players that you're comparing to there, like Cork, Defratus, you know, they're they're bowlers first and foremost, and batter second. You think so? So I think it's exceptionally promising for England in the future that Stokes can can show such control for an extended period of time in a spell um, with the ball, you know. And he also brings a lot to the team, not just bowling and batting. I feel as though the sort of in the field as well. He's athletic. In the field, he's athletic, and he brings that kind of fight and that sort of spirit that you want to see in a team. You know, uh, of, couldn't, um, couldn't get in his World Cup side though. That's how good we were. <laughs> yeah. It's it's because it's, it's he's from the north. We need more need need more than more northerners in this uh, in this England team. That's where you know all proper men. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got wood, wood and wooden stokes from you know from the north. Bring, as back, well. bring back Collingwood, eh? Oh, definitely. I'd love him. love Paul Collingwood. <laughs> I'd love to discuss what the, those uh, statue centres earlier, Dan, if you want to introduce us to him. Can we, can we do link... broad first? Can we do yeah, broad? let's do broad. Oh, beauty. Oh, 300. He's joined the big club. Stuart Broad. Didn't take long, did it? Just the third delivery again from round the wicket. Chris Rogers gets his first ever test up and Stuart Broad has his 300th victim in test match cricket on his home ground. What a beauty. What an absolute... Per- I mean, um, I, I just think, you said, Dan, to me that you think it was the best spell of bowling you've ever seen by an English bowler. I mean, it, it, I, was, I, I was taken back to when I, I was about eight watching Bob Willis, 1981. And, that, you know, you always see the videos now. And and Bob, and that was an incredible spell of bowling. 8 for 43, though. And Broader, 8 for 15. Oh, Tom! What a start for Broad and England! Get the captain a drink. He's won the toss. 300 quickly becomes 301. Uh, you know, it, it was just... He was so disciplined, wasn't he, Dan, with his with his line. He, he put literally every ball was in the same spot. And then four times out of six, it went straight on. The other two, it just nicked an inch either way. And it was just sensational, wasn't it? Oh, gone! Oh, he's broad again! Sensational stuff! Brilliant bowling, brilliant catching. And find the edge. Look at the length of this delivery. Full, moving away. That's another Jaffa. The discipline. It was, it was incredible. I think Harmison in the West Indies bowled a great spell. 
uh, that I remember. Anderson's had a few, but yeah, that one was just, it was just an exhibition in, in how to get the best out of the conditions. That is, that is unbelievable from Ben Stokes. He's threatened to do this in the field. Just keep an eye on Stokes at fifth slip, diving to his right. Oh, it's behind him. Magnificent, magnificent. We, and we did have a little bit of luck with the cloud, but and then it got sunny. But irrelevant to that broad bowling and how he got. And how he kept them under pressure so they couldn't even score any runs. And then how to just, like you say, just either let it move in or let it move away, which is what it was doing. And if you put it in the same spot, you're making them having to play or make a decision about whether they're going to play. And it's that uncertainty that leads you to get the edge. And it's just, I honestly can't think of a better, better spell of ball. And gone. Another fine catch. Shoot forward. Moves on to five for six. Well, I was just saying, everything's happening. It continues again there. Michael Clark flashes at a wide half volley from Stuart Broad. Only good enough to get a little tickle on it. And well taken, high above his head from Alistair Cook. Stuart Broad, five for six. And, and the thing was, the Aussies just didn't leave. Any of the balls. I mean, he was bowling exactly. off all of them pretty much, but they just didn't Mitchell leave Johnson any of them. was the first one to leave a few balls, and they managed to put together a 14-run partnership or something. You know, yeah. it was <laughs> just but stupid batting. It's one thing we've been talking about through the series, that the defence or defensive games of lot batsmen from both teams. I mean, I, we've watched nearly 10 overs this morning. England's bowlers have bowled very full. Get it in the right area. Batsman again just pushing. Lots of slip fielders. One of them will hold on. Well, well. Broad. Six, four, ten. Stupid. Yeah. There was even one. Don't play anything you don't have to play. It's pretty much like English batting 101, isn't it? You know? And, um, but there was even one of, one of the few that Broad didn't take. There was the one with from Woods, and it just, it just nipped in about two inches, didn't it? And, and took the inside edge through to the keeper. It was a beautiful delivery. And um, I, I don't know, that first morning, it was doing a bit, right? It was doing a bit, and it was, it was difficult. But I don't even think it was as difficult as Edgbaston. I thought Edgbaston was harder conditions. Oh, yeah, well, definitely. Broad um, is there. He was well up for it. And another. And another. Nine down. Score his pencils worn down already. Again, just look at the static beat. Good delivery, yeah. The length is excellent again. The line is excellent. <laughs> smile after smile for Stuart Broad. He, he, I don't know if you read that, how he credited Otis Gibson. Similarly, how Anderson had also credited uh, Otis Gibson after the... Um, the edge batting test. Bringing him back seems to have brought some life back into our bowlers. Oh, gone. Brilliant from Broad. Eight for 15, best bowling figures on this ground. Quite a remarkable morning. Really is. Stuart Broad had to deliver. No Jimmy Anderson. And boy, did he deliver. 
Absolutely outstanding, Stuart Broad. Eight for 15. He wouldn't imagine when he woke up today and Alistair Cook won the toss the ball. He thought, no, Jimmy Anderson, I've got to lead the way with a new ball. And hasn't he done that with eight for 15? He returned, what, just prior to the New Zealand series? Or actually to the West Indies tour. Otis Gibson came back in as a bowling coach. He's been away for a few years. Um, coaching was West in Indies. the flower, yeah. Wasn't he in the flower? Yeah, he was. Well, even prior, I think he he left during Fletcher. Flowers' reign. He went and he went and coached the West Indies. But he's done a wonderful job with his bowlers, and you know Finn's got confidence, and you know I think I think Finn's Finn's confidence was down to the, to Richard Johnson at, at at Middlesex, and just bringing him back up to speed. But Broad and and Jimmy have have both really given him credit, and you know sometimes the backroom staff get overlooked in his in, in the successes. Um, but I think the as a, as a, as a, as a team now, we need to keep Otis Gibson as long as possible rather than just rotating him. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. How much do you reckon Broad's performance is to do with the fact that he knows that Anderson's not there, so now it's on his shoulders. He has to lead the attack, and and or is that just a that, that doesn't particularly matter? He would have done what he did anyway. I think I think it was his home ground for a start, and I think he's he's a seen he's taken over three hundred Test wickets. Um, I mean, him and Anderson between 700 Test wickets, incredible, really. Um, he, he's he, and he was just—he's just a very, very senior player who knows how to bowl in Test matches, especially in England, because you know he's—he's he's taken a lot of six and seven wicket hauls in England before this. He—he's he, well, a pure match winner because there's some, you know, in the start of his career, even then he had it when he first came into the team. He—he'd he, be play a five-match series, he'd be gar- pretty much garbage before the matches, and then the fifth one he'd win the game. He's always been like that, hasn't he? That streaky, and he once yeah. he gets going, he gets on, a, he gets on a roll, and he just literally runs through teams. Incredible. I don't think I've ever known a bowler with maybe since both of them had a knack for that. I think as well. Did anyone see Chris Broad after uh, after the after the bowling of Broad in the first innings? Chris Broad was walking past a lot of Aussies, and it was Alan Border's touring part, and he was giving them loads of grief in the crowd, and they were they had it on Sky, and Chris Broad was just was just pointing at these others and giving them a load of grief. Did you hear? Did you hear Chris Broad? Chris Broad were a bit streaky as well as a batsman, wasn't he? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't rubbish. shy of a bit of confrontation either. You know, yeah. he didn't he, he didn't like confidence, Chris like Broad. <laughs> did you did you hear Chris Broad on the radio mentioning how he got man of the series against the Aussies in Australia? Yeah, he's, 1986. Yeah, but he couldn't help but mention it as much as he, he goes that I've still got that over my son in that, you know, he hasn't got man of the series yet. I've got man. I was thinking your son's just in the magnificent performance there and you're too busy trying to get one up on him. Just try to wind yeah. him up. Probably try to wind <laughs> him up so he, get, he does it next time. To, 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 to be fair to um, Chris Broad, that was the tour. That was the can't back, can't bowl, can't field tour. You know, there was a famous English writer called Martin Johnson. I think he's still around, actually. And he, he, he before the series started, that we played at Alice Springs or something. And he said that this team, this English team, and he's an English writer, not an Aussie writer. And he, he said, this English team, I've got a hope in hell, um, this Ashes tour. Um, they, uh, there's only three things wrong with them. They can't bat, they can't bowl, and they can't field. And, and I think at the end of the, the fifth test, they won 2-1. It was like the most unexpected Ashes win ever. And um, they all appeared, I think, on the last last test match with custom-made T-shirts with can't back, can't bowl, can't field on. <laughs> Chris Brown got man of the series there. So. <laughs> was Gower captain or was that was captain? I think Gower... Gow, the things in those Gow days, Gatting. they changed the captaincy so much, didn't they? They kept swapping. No, I think it was Gatting. Yeah, I think it was Gatting. Gatting. But, yeah, so Chris uh, Stuart Broad, well-bowled, well 307 test wickets, and he's an amazing performer. He is. 
the only last thing I had to add about Stuart Broad was that what I picked up in his um, in his interviews and, and of all the things he said that he's less he's more concentrating on how he bowled, not in terms of figures, but in terms of did he get the line in the length right, did he beat the bat consistently. Whereas he says before he used to focus on how you know what his figures, what his numbers were saying, because he says now he, he's experienced enough to realise that. You can bowl pretty averagely and get loads of wickets. It doesn't mean that's you bowl well. You know, that's exa- that, what you've just described then which is a mature person who's a mature thinker and he knows. He's, he's played enough to realise that it's not about the wickets column. right? It's about how he performed and how many, how many times he beat the bat and how many, how many chances he created. And, and if you just so, keep doing it, you get this. Yeah. this is, eventually, this it, is what happens. He did happens. say that uh, the angriest has been during the series when Nathan Lyons put him through the offside for four to take his figures from 8 for 11 or 7 for 11 to 7 for 15. And then he got him out. <laughs> so he still doesn't like conceding runs. I, I, I think that, that showed, that both that comment and that, that spell showed that he is now at his peak. And I think he's going to become, he's going to stay at that peak for about three years maybe. Um, um, and he's going to be the senior player in the team. and He's going to lead the attack, especially with Anderson on the, on, on the, on the way. Thank you, gentlemen, for your thoughts. This brings us to a wrap. It's been, it feels like the test series is over, but there's still the oval to go. Can England make it 4-1? Or will there be something for the Aussies to go home with? Uh, thank you for your thoughts, Dan Kennett, Dan Rhodes and Samir. We'll see you again after the oval test. Goodbye. Well, let's, okay. well, let's give you I mean, Ian Ward's still there. I have no idea who's with him, nor is he, I don't think. I've got Bob Willis alongside me. Hello, Bob. How was that feeling? Well, <laughs> it was very entertaining, wasn't it? Um, I thought it was a brilliant performance by all the bowlers for a change, and um, I'm sure the crowd thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Marks out of ten? Uh, four. Only four? Well, it wasn't a patch on my game, was it? <laughs> Take that off. Won the Ashes. Brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, the word that the lads are... <laughs> My trousers are so wet. <laughs> I've been boxes as well. What's been the key? I mean, your form been outstanding. Yeah, felt pretty good in the middle. I think the thing about this team is... I can't see. I don't know about yeah, you. Um, the great thing about this team is that everyone's chipped in throughout the series. It's not just been led by one or, or two blows. <laughs> Every point someone's put in a valuable performance, which has you know, led to us... Um, you know, coming to this point, so I mean, it's just a, a great team to be a part of and thoroughly enjoyable. I was going to say the teamwork around there, they're throwing oranges at yeah, you now. Everything. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining evening, and yeah, I'm, I just can't wait for the celebrations and then to crack on again at the Oval. Well, you crack on with those celebrations. Well played. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 